Hello, good afternoon, Michael Wynn, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Oppenheim Associates. Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast and video series where we talk about digital marketing strategies to help grow your business. Today, I want to talk about the nine core components of business growth marketing in 2020. You know, it was interesting. We had a, I've had a couple of meetings back to back at the beginning of the year. A lot of companies are really interested in figuring out how to grow their company in 2020. They're not happy with the results that they've been getting that they got in 2019 or 2018. And they're trying to think about different ways to approach things. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the idea that businesses are really questioning the status quo. They're questioning, are the things that we've been doing getting us the results that we're looking for? Are those things going to help us, you know, move the needle, whether it's in sales or, you know, new client acquisition? What what are we doing and is it working? And if not, what are we going to do in 2020? And how do we get started on that? So, Today, I want to take a dive into these nine core components. And really, it's just a recap, if you will. I mean, a lot of the stuff we've talked about before, but I think it's really contextual for me uh, because just within the last 72 hours, you know, I've had the great opportunity to meet with a couple of businesses. Um, You know, one was a local business in my local market that's trying to reach local people. And then another uh, potential client that has a more national product and is trying to have a national reach, but they're really in kind of a startup mode. And so they're really trying to figure out, you know, what is the, you know, what are the basics? What are the core things that we have to have? And today, I just really wanted to share with you the things that we shared with them that were like, okay, these are the must haves. You must have these things in place as a, a foundational piece uh, to building brand awareness and, and being able to grow your business in 2020. So let's jump right into it. I think, you know, the first thing that that obviously we have to do is we have to be able to, you know, get our name out there, right? We've, we've, we have to have brand awareness because if you're trying to grow your business, it means there is a large part of the market that has no idea who you are or, you know, it's, it's just completely, you know, lost when it comes to, you know, they need the kind of services and products that you offer. They don't know who you are. And the only way to, you know, get in front of them or, or you know, show up in their daily activities um, is to understand who they are and what's important to them and then create document content that, answers those challenges. So I think number one is really going to be about a content strategy. What are you going to do? What is going to be the core content? And so I, you know, again, you know, giving, giving the advice uh, and talking with our clients and prospects, I think the three things that we really talk about is identify if you have uh, a pillar piece of content, meaning, you know, do you have, um, you know, uh, a, a core set of product, you know, values or tenants, or, you know, do you have, you know, maybe you're publishing a book or, you know, maybe you have, you know, a, a core set of uh, product feature benefits or, 
you have a core set of service offerings that you know solve you know problems X, Y, and Z for you know business owners, um, you know, or or what that case might be. So identifying what that pillar content is, and I think the one thing that that a lot of people misunderstand is they think that you know creating this content is is creating it for the sake of creating it. And that's not what's happening. What you're actually doing is you're really just documenting the things that are, are the common ways that, that your product or service or you as a person, you know, help other businesses or help other professional individuals move forward and advance towards the goals that they want to achieve. So anyway, so Identify what that pillar content is. And if you don't have that, then you need to think about, okay, how do we create that? So for us, the pillar content that we have are the videos that we create, you know, the ones that I get on and, and, and do these little episodes, you know, um, that I try to do several times a week. And that's the pillar content for us because it's it's really the bedrock of, of what we do and who we are and, and how we do it um, in, in, in our approach to it in very practical ways. So which really leads into number two is, okay, think about this. Think about, you know, can you give practical problem solving illustrations or inspirations or ideas in the context of your audience's daily routine? In other words, can you reverse engineer who it is you're trying to reach and then think about what are the daily activities that they're trying to accomplish. You know, if they're an inventory manager and you have a SaaS product, you know, uh, an on-demand software as a service product that helps, you know, um, create efficiencies in ordering, you know, you might do a whole practical problem solving step of, you know, how to, you know, balance inventory or, you know, how to reduce waste and in inventory management, you know, very practical, you know, examples of how to do it faster, more efficiently, save time, save money, right? You want to give them practical examples. And it and, and the context of these things isn't about your product or your service. It's the, the sole purpose of this content is you want to connect with the problems that your audience faces on a daily basis. And then work your way back from that and go, okay, what are their goals for this year? What are their goals for the next three years? What are their goals for the next five years? And then do you have a practical example of how that might help them in more of a long-term um, approach to their problem solving? What keeps them up at night? So so number one is creating your own pillar content from around from you know that that centers around your own product services. Number two, creating practical problem solving examples and create and, and you know documenting like we do on this on this podcast and video series where we talk about practical practical examples of digital marketing strategies and tactics to help grow your business. So uh, and then number three is to become a go-to content source. And what I mean by that is, so in your industry, if there is, um, you know, let, let, let's say in your industry, you have compliance courses that are required, but your business doesn't have anything to do with, 
those courses. Maybe, you know, for example, uh, you know, I'll take the restaurant industry. Every year, you know, you have to go through training and compliance in serving alcohol. Well, you know, there are locations where some of these trainings take place. Well, what if you made a list and published it on your site um, and had a listing of all the locations? And again, this would depend on, do you have a local reach? Do you have a regional reach? Do you have a national reach? So, the, the expert or the how much of that content you collect and, and the scope of that would, would be dependent upon the reach that you want to reach. So if you were to publish, you know, a, a list of all the upcoming places to go to achieve, again, this list is the resource that your target audience, they're having to look up. So this is, this is ancillary um content or activities that aren't directly correlated with the services that you provide, but they're directly connected to the things that, that your target audience um, individuals need to do their job. And so you're creating, again, a resource that they can go to quickly. So essentially, I mean, you could probably go to the internet and look all this stuff up, and create, you know, a post with a little intro and then the list and then a closing point. Um, but, you know, these are just really practical examples of, of, of what you want to do. Now, these three sort of content material sources, we talked about pillar content, practical, practical problem solving examples, and becoming a go-to resource center. Those three things make the assumption that your website um, has the ability to post, uh, you know, articles and categorize them based on category and topic. So assuming that's the case. And again, you know, I think it's interesting, a lot of first time companies or startup companies, they, you know, they, they're on a shoestring budget. I get it. Um, you know, they, they run out there and grab a Wix website because it's super easy to, you know, publish that content. Um, that's okay for a starter set. The, the problem with the with the 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 content architecture, in, in other words, the way it builds upon itself, is not conducive. That if someone was trying to search for that list of classes for those courses, continuing education, or you know whatever the criteria might be, um, that that particular platform isn't itself really lends itself to uh, performing well when it comes to getting the attention of the search engine. So using a platform like WordPress and being able to use the blog category mechanism is really important. And we're going to dive into that in a minute as when we get into some of the other points that I want to make very quickly here. Um, so number four, or, or, or kind of the next segment. So this, the first segment we talked about is really about the content material sources. Now I want to talk about the content format. Guys, the fact of the matter is that we like to consume content and we do it in three basic ways. And you need to figure out a way to have your content available in those three basic ways. We either read it, we either watch it, or we listen to it. It's really simple. But many businesses will, you usually they do number 
three or one, whatever order you want to think, they go to the written form because they think SEO is the way to go. And while yes, SEO is very important, we cannot underestimate the incredible value. We already know that YouTube and videos, YouTube is the second most popular search engine next to Google. We know that. Um, but, but the video content, why businesses don't do it is because they think they have to have this elaborate setup. They have to pay this you know, videographer, you know, thousands of dollars to come in and set up this perfect environment. Guys, I have an, a, a one level up webcam plugged into my laptop with a nice little, you know, accent light. And we're, we're producing these videos. When you go on YouTube, you can see my face, you can hear my words, right? This, this can be done extremely affordable, but most businesses won't do it. And I don't really know why they they avoid this very basic practical thing because I mean I've got friends and family that know I work for a digital marketing agency but they don't know what I do day in and day out. So again, video is so key, um, and 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 then the audio that that you're able to grab out of that video allows you to get to the next platform, which is skyrocketing right now, uh, which is podcast. So. Being able to take the, the audio out of your video content um, provides you with that listening platform. So, you know, that's that's format, um, you know, number two. And then so you got video, you got audio and you got written. And of course, you know, you can you can send your audio file to a site like Rev.com and have it transcribed. And then you've got the written form. So once you once you've identified again going back to once you've identified your content material source and you and you've kind of mapped out your content calendar and you know what you're going to talk about you know what you're going to write about um, and you know that you're going to produce a video and you're going to have the audio and you're going to have the written word then you need to start thinking about publishing it across these multiple platforms and there are tools like Anchor.fm which we use to to you know send our podcast out to iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and Spotify and, and all those types of things. And I want to encourage you, if you like what you're hearing today, I want you to definitely subscribe to the podcast. That's that's the one place that you can go to uh, and grab all this great information. It's really just practical advice that we're executing successfully for our clients and helping them grow their business. Um, but then sharing across platforms, you know, on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, you know, we've talked about, you know, people are like, well, what's the next thing? You know, guys, you're worried about the, the next thing and you haven't even mastered the thing that's now, <laughs> right? You haven't even, you know, you're like, I asked somebody, well, how often do you post on social media? And they're like, um, once a month, once a week. Guys, do you know that if you really, really want to grow your business, that, that is so minuscule. Do you know the volume that you actually need to really move the needle is about 30 pieces of content a day across all these platforms. So, and it adds up really quickly. Like you could put up four quick tweets and one post on LinkedIn and a couple on, on Facebook and you're like at 15 very quickly, you know? And of course, if you're publishing some of your core pillar content and some of your other pieces into YouTube, and Instagram, like you can really, you, you can actually get to that number very quickly. Um, so again, assuming that you're sharing across multiple platforms, and I mean, we're talking about social media networks, um, then we're talking about your website. And this is a really core fundamental basics that a lot of people have no idea about. 
And that is when you write the, when you publish that, that transcript and you, you know, you want to clean it up for grammar and punctuation and, you know, strip out all the ums. Like I have a bad habit of saying, um, but that's who I am. Um, so, you know, you strip all that out, but the important thing is that when you say the words, like I say, digital marketing to help grow your business, I want to hyperlink that word digital marketing and link it back to the core service page on the internal page on my website. Why would I do that? Because I'm sending a signal to the search engines that say, hey, listen, here's a brand new piece of content that's authoritative in nature, that's original content, that's over 1,200 words, and I'm linking it back to one of these static core pages of my website, and then that core page links back to my homepage. So you're providing, remember how I talked about this architecture of information on your website? This are, the, That is the core building blocks of a search engine optimization tenant is publishing content that's topical, that links back to your cornerstone content of your website and then redirects or, or links to your homepage. So those are the core basic tenets. If you're not doing that, you, you don't have the basic, you don't have the core components. And I talk to a lot of businesses that don't have that. So um, number seven is, okay, now we've done all of our organic. Now it's now it's time to pay to play. And, and Facebook has really made it that is the case. If you want visibility on that platform, on Instagram, you know, if you're not posting 30 times a day, then you need to pay to play. And we know, just to give you some numbers, in the state of Florida, at minimum, if you want to reach the entire state of Florida with a basic Facebook campaign, you're going to need at least two grand minimum, right? And then the reason why I say that is if you literally try to go into Facebook and say, I want to spend, you know, I want to show this ad to all the people that live in the state of Florida. And you're like, I want the budget to be, you know, a thousand dollars. Facebook's actually going to give you a warning that, or a, a label that says, sorry, you must increase your uh, campaign spend to this amount of dollars. And that amount of dollars I'm telling you is $2,000. So that's really cheap though. I mean, if you think about it now, again, how many eyeballs are you going to get? you know, out of all of the, you know, the billions of people that are in the state of Florida, just for example, you know, that that's the minimum. Okay. So I think that's really important that you understand that you have to have that organic content that you're posting on the platforms, but you also need to have a paid content strategy as well. Now, one of the ways that you can help to, you know, make sure that you eliminate ad waste in your paid ad placement is to geo-target the ad placement. So you don't want a bunch of, you know, sort of white or wasted space showing the ads that you have to people who have no interest based on a geographical location. You want to exclude those areas, right? And that makes your, your paid dollar much stronger um, when, you, when, you when, you, when you utilize geo-targeting you know, and, and use your exclusion rules uh, to exclude people who don't, who you don't, you want to make sure they don't see your ad. And then the thing that I think this is another thing is people don't follow it back up with retargeting, you know, so they spend all this money and they send people to their website, they send people to their landing page, and then they, they, they assume that they're, that that person's going to take action and click, you know, buy now, subscribe, become a member, join, donate, whatever the call to action is. And they don't do that. 
And they don't circle it back around with retargeting. We all know retargeting is that, you know, thing where you visit a website and then you go off on the internet and all of a sudden you see this image of, you know, the boots, the glasses or the hats or the whatever, you know, that you were just looking at on that other website. And then everywhere you go on an app, like that's retargeting. Um, so having that basic paid ad strategy is, is super important. Now, to take it one step further, you know, is if you want to leverage the Google search terms, but not pay the just insane inflated price for uh, Google search terms, you can leverage what people are searching for on Google, but instead of trying to serve them ad text-based ads and paying astronomical rates because of what that marketplace has become. And again, if you don't know, in 1999, the word lawyer was five cents a click, okay? The word lawyer in 2020 is nearly $10 a click. I don't know, that's like 2,000% increase. Like, if you're a small business, you cannot afford that. You need to be super smart and savvy with your advertising dollars. So the way you do that is you leverage the same intent behavior that they're searching for those search words on Google search. But instead of trying to use the search platform, you use YouTube's pre-roll platform and take some of your video content that you've chopped up, take that 20 second ad, take that 20 second video. And, and the thing you gotta be really careful about here is you literally have about four seconds to connect with someone. I see I see ads all the time on pre-roll that are done horribly that they don't even state the problem up front. Like they just come out of the gate so slow and, and they come out of the gate without connecting with either how you're solving my problem or that you know what my problem is. Those are the two things that people do wrong when they, when they set up their pre-roll ad um, video content. So, but you can literally pay, you know, those $19.99 um, fees when it comes to showing your ad, your, 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 in your engagement, your visibility costs are in that six cents, eight cents, nine cents, um, you know, per compared to the eight, nine, $10, especially if you're in a highly competitive healthcare education, you know, um, financial, you know, uh, real estate, you know, all of the really big, um, competitive marketplaces. So, and then number nine, I think is what the last thing that I want to talk about is making sure that you need to make sure that you're growing your first party data. And what I mean by that is that many times, you know, businesses think that they're growing their fans and they're growing their followers, but all of that information exists on a platform that you don't own. You don't have that data. And so you need to grow your list whether your list is an email list, whether your list is a, a, a cell phone, mobile phone number list, um, you need to make sure that you have a strategic component as part of your overall marketing plan in your content where you're building that list and then providing value to the people that are subscribing to and receive that content from you, whether it's email marketing or text marketing. So again, let's recap. Those we've, we've kind of hit them all. We've hit all all nine items. Uh, today's uh, episode a little bit longer than normal, but this was really, I think, a great video to kick off 2020. 
if you're trying to think about what are the nine core components of, of, of how I'm going to grow my business through marketing in 2020, these are it. Number one, make sure your content marketing material sources are either pillar content, practical problem solving examples that are relevant to your, your, your target audience. Go to resource materials, again, that solves the problem of your target audience. Number four, make sure that you publish your content in video, audio, or written form across multi-platforms. Make sure you're sharing that content across multiple platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. We know LinkedIn organic posts right now are like Facebook of 2011. Um, number six is make sure that when you post it on your website that you're backlinking those original articles to your cornerstone service pages. Number seven, your paid ad tent content, which is geo-targeting, followed up with retargeting. Number eight, make sure you leverage Google search network through video pre-roll ads on YouTube. And number nine, make sure you are growing your first party data list, emails or text messages. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode and I hope that you will tune in again when we talk about digital marketing strategies and tactics to help grow your business. My name is Michael Wynn. Join us next time. Thanks for tuning in.